Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hasia whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. And today we are going to spend this episode talking about a movie that is out now on Amazon. It is called Somebody I Used to Know. And it is written by Dave Franco and Allison Brie. Dave directs it. Allison is in it. It is about Allie, who's played by Allison, and she is an aspiring documentary filmmaker who ends up hosting a competitive baking show called Dessert Island. And when the show gets canceled, she decides to go back home to regroup. That's when she runs into Sean, her ex, who is played by the wonderful Jay Ellis from Insecure. Allie? Sean? Oh my god! What are you doing here? You know, I'm just visiting my old haunts on the off chance I might run into an ex from 10 years ago. How many have you run into so far? And when she's there, she finds herself reflecting a lot on what she really wants out of life. I still think about what would have happened if you hadn't left all those years ago. I've been kind of wondering the same thing recently. Like if maybe I made the wrong decision. As I mentioned, Dave directed this film. Allison is in it. They also are a married couple and they also are in the studio with me now. Dave, Allison, welcome to Nerdette. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for coming on. So I actually would really love to start with Dessert Island because I think it mm-hmm. is such a hilarious premise. And I'm so curious, like how you came to it and whether you would watch that show. I mean, I can start by confidently saying I would absolutely watch right? that show. It's, yes. like, it's like the great British baking show meets Survivor. Um, well, meets a show where like with the also, contestants are like sleeping with each exactly, other. Exactly. Yeah, I feel right, like that right. part is <laughs> also meets, important. Meets Bachelor in Paradise, yes. which is one of our favorite reality shows. <laughs> we we got to a point where we usually just watch seasons of The Bachelor or Bachelorette just so that we can prepare for Bachelor in Paradise, <laughs> knowing who the good personalities are to root for. Um, so yeah, I think really that that sort of joke came out of. Our, our love for those type of shows, really. Um, but kind of trying to think about a, a, a place that's a far away start from where she like thought she would be. Yes. You know, working in a creative industry, there are so many avenues you can go down. Right. And part of Allie's journey is kind of realizing that maybe she leaned in too many times in the wrong direction, mm. too many little compromises that have added up to her veering way Being off like, course. Where am I now? Yeah. And and there's a real juxtaposition between like how seriously she wants to take her work yes. and herself yeah. and the thing that she's making, you know? <laughs> um, and that's sort of where we find her at the top of the yeah. movie. I do have some ideas for more serious human interest stuff. Please don't say that new to stock. 
It's called naturism, and it's a fully formed idea. I could start immediately. Nobody wants to watch a bunch of naked normos who aren't fucking. Stick with what works. Dessert. You could start the dessert universe. We were shocked that no one had actually taken the name Dessert Island. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you since, like, grabbed that trademark or anything? No, we should. <laughs> really we really should. should. Scoop up the handles on social media. <laughs> I mean, it's just, like... It's just such a fun idea. Like I would glad I would watch your version of that show. Also, you know, people making baking goods and having sex. <laughs> also, there's something very weird to think about people baking somewhere tropical. Like that doesn't like right. heat on heat. That. You that's know what true. I mean? Yes, that sounds awful. Actually, it's very sweaty all around. Yeah, in bikinis. It's like how much longer on my blueberry muffins? <laughs> So amazing. But Allison, I think you bring up a really important part of this movie and one of the big themes that I took away from it, which is, I think, always a really interesting theme around sort of like when you get older, looking back and kind of reconciling the life that you have now with the expectations that you may have had when you were younger. Totally. You know? Yes. Yes, definitely. That is a major theme in the movie. And and that's what sort of kicks things off when she gets home and runs into this person. Mm. You know, one side of that is exploring the one that got away and what's going on with that stuff, which we can talk more about. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it is how seeing people from your past uh, drums up your own feelings and emotions about yourself and exactly gives you like I think we're all you know we've been talking a lot about Dave and I about how coming out of these last few years of COVID yeah. I think COVID was a big reckoning moment for a lot of people for also sure. I just turned 40 mm. and I'm seeing that same thing as like you have this milestone birthday sure. and it's that moment where you go like I'm no longer in that phase of like what's my life gonna be like you're right. sort of like this is what my this life is, is. Right. And then, you know, do, now and, and then, then it's like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> it's that moment of, yeah. And do I like that? Yeah. Do like, I, how do I what? feel about how do, it? How is this working for me? Yeah. We And we've both had, we've both talked about how we've had moments in our lives and careers where you, you know, you start to just kind of hold on to everything so tightly just because mm. you're kind of scared that it might all go away. Oh. But then what happens is you, you stop taking risks and you almost forget why you got into it in the first place. And I think that's part of the reason I, I even got into directing. It's something that I had wanted to do for so long, but I was I was terrified. And eventually I was just like, what am I doing? Like, yes, it's vulnerable, but this is something that's been in me for so long and I just got to try it. And like, it's been some of the best times on set that I've ever had. That's really cool. I love that imagery too of like holding on to something tightly because it is like, what a better approach to like show up with an open palm than yeah. a closed fist, right? Yes. Just in terms of like, who knows what could happen? Like you have to be open to those possibilities or they won't even show up for you. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So Dave, how was directing? Love it. What's Love it like it. directing your wife? <laughs> the best. Um, so this is the second time that right. we've done it. And uh, you know, watching her all these years, um, I, I had always known how good she was, but mm. then like being in that position where I was just watching her so closely for months at a time, it was <laughs> like, oh, wow, she's like the best. Uh, and it just makes my job really easy in that sense. But then on top of that, just, um, you know, having her there with me uh, and just having that person to vent to at the end of the day and having that person to build me up when I'm when I'm getting in my own way. And uh it's yeah, I, I just can't honestly can't imagine doing it without her there in some capacity. Hmm. That's really sweet. I mean, I feel the same way. I think when we worked together on the rental, which was, you know, the first time doing this, this dynamic of Dave directing and me acting, 
that was something that was the most special part of it to me was like, you know, in that movie, I hadn't written it. I mm. wasn't a producer on it. I was right. just acting in it. So I was yeah. just sort of like, I'm here for you, whatever you need. Ugh. In a way, it was great because it took away any of my like actor bullshit where my <laughs> mind, you know, sometimes you can get too caught up in like, how are they styling my hair? And sure. what's this yeah. sweater that they put me in? Yeah. And it's like so stupid. And in a way, it was great. Like all that was gone because I was like, okay, just be like the perfect actor, not in terms of like performance, but like right. just be easy and supportive and be here for Dave. Mm, wow. And like from that, I actually think I was doing some of my best work because I wasn't thinking so hard. I was like You're not thinking about doing it. the bullshit. Yeah. So it was like I was just there and it was nice to really nice to bond in this new different way and and enjoy the feeling even of of Dave needing to lean on me and le- mm. you know and getting to be there for him and also getting to watch him in this new capacity cool. it's really fun to watch someone that you've known you know now we've been together for 11 years yeah try something totally new and then be great at it and get to see all the people around them watch like love working with him as much as I love being around him um was was really fun and exciting and like very romantic in a, <laughs> in a way That's so sweet um and so then this was sort of just even better because because we wrote it together and we had already had all those conversations and we already had ripped the band-aid multiple times on first on acting together on a couple projects then on this new director actor thing mm-hmm. so by the time we got here it was like oh we know how to do this, and we love it, and it's great. Also, I think since since um, I've been directing now, like I, I've had more fun with acting than ever before, just because it's it's also amazing now to just step on set and be like, oh, I just got one job. This is amazing. I'm gonna kill it for <laughs> Tell you. Tell me what to do, yes. and I'm gonna peace out oh, after. Man. I love that. And yeah. also, like you know, I've I've always been like a you know very prepared and very punctual and all that, but sure. like I really go above and beyond now to be like. I will not be a problem for the director. I know how much they have on their plate, and yeah. I'm just going to make this so easy for you. You do not need to worry about me. It gives great perspective for yes. sure, where That's before you're like, oh, my God, yeah, when I one time when I wouldn't wear that outfit. Think of how annoying that was for <laughs> the 20 people who had made that decision and talked about it 12, 25 times sure. before that scene was happening. That's so it's good. Well, it seems to me that there also has to be a level of trust when your husband is directing that isn't necessarily Absolutely. the king. You know, like I could see a situation where you're like no I genuinely don't think this outfit mm-hmm. is appropriate or whatever absolutely yes where in this scenario like you can go in and be like whatever is going to happen is the right thing to happen because I love and trust the person who's in charge of this project totally and exact and the two sides of that are one I know that we're on the same page yeah. we're creating this together and our sensibilities are so similar and but absolutely right the trust thing is the number one thing and yeah. on any set I'm on I'm hoping that I trust the director because the more you tr- you're you're in a really vulnerable position everything is out of your control as an actor you yeah. come in you try to give your best performance but you have no idea what take they're going to use or what mm-hmm. angle or what other people are doing or what the other elements are what the lighting looks like like there're just so many things out of your control so to know that the person in charge of it all is like your guy <laughs> but in every way it's like also yeah. not even about just us being in a relationship but like I know that Dave has incredible taste. Mm. I know that Dave is not going to... Also, he's an actor. He knows how to talk to other actors. I know he's not going to leave me out to dry if some scene isn't working. Also, he's going to tell me or he's going to cut it from, yeah. you know, out later. It's like, I know that he's on my side and we're both working towards the same goal, which is making something we're really proud of. Mm, that's really sweet. So then to that end, like, 
is there a point? I mean, I'm just picturing there also have to be points where you two are both frustrated with each other and you don't have like the natural boundaries of like getting to go home after a long day of work, you know, like how do you navigate that piece? You must have figured out a way to do it because you're here talking to me together right now. The, The truth is there was there was only one moment on set or offset through the whole shoot and through everything where there was even any type of friction at all. And it was kind of just the nature of how we were shooting the scene. So it was like one of the most (laughs) important scenes in the movie. Which scene was it without giving away too Um, much? It's It's an early scene. It's when when they're at the uh, the lake and it's kind of silhouetted. Jay and I have had like a great date night together and now we're kind of like having a serious conversation. It's kind of laying out like the stakes of the whole movie and we decided to shoot it um, at Magic Hour. Uh Where you have as little time as possible. 17-minute window. Truly. (laughs) And so like I'm I'm a very patient director and I want everyone to feel as, as safe and comfortable as possible. But it got to the point where I would just like I had to come in and be like, okay, you have to do this and you have to say this. And and, and so I think it was less about the directions during the scene and more like after we finished it and me being like, did we get it? And you being like, I mean, that last time. Yeah. I think I think I was just so relieved and just like sure. it was such a whirlwind. Uh, and I was like, actor to actor, like if a director said something to you like that in that tone of voice, yeah. like, <laughs> would you feel great about your work that day? But truly, what, just to defend myself, I really I, I'm so conscious of like the actor's mentality where it's like true. after Every single take, I will run in and mm-hmm. I will, you know, most of the time it's just like, that was amazing. Let's just yeah. do another one. Yeah. But like, I will run in after every take to let them know what's going on because my, my least favorite thing as an actor is when, yes. you know, you do five takes and you haven't heard a word. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know if this is working or not. You're like, why are we doing it again? It yeah. must be me, yeah. but right. you're not going to tell me to do it differently. No, Dave is great at communicating with actors and with me. Um all the time, except for this one time. And in my and in my defense too, and in my defense too, I would say uh, that I am generally not a super needy actor either. Mm, I'm sure. usually like pretty confident and feel good, and I don't need the director to always come up and coddle me and just be like, "You're amazing. You're a beautiful <laughs> angel. Right, right, right. It was the perfect take. I love you." In just a minute, we are going to hear about Allison Bree's passion for streaking, which she started doing at her clothing optional college. It really is not as naked as it sounds. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. So speaking of acting and feeling safe, Allie, I feel like we should talk about, well, you have two nude scenes in this movie. Yes. 
And I, in one, you're streaking. Yes. Which, is that a thing you like to do in real life? Yes. <laughs> in what context, if you don't mind my asking? Well, it's it began, I mean, no, I was like a real naked child. Mm, yeah, same. But, you I know. I remember there came a point in the locker room where I was like, I really wish my mom would put more clothes on in this scenario. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. Well, I think about that a lot where my Hi, sister mom. and I, yeah. I mean, me too. My sister and I will talk often about how, like, my mom would take us shopping with her to... Lomans. I don't know if you have Lomans here in Chicago. No, it's basically like a department store. Mm-hmm. And in the 80s, it just had a big communal dressing room. Oh, wow. Communal <laughs> dressing room. This is a thing that no longer really exists. Oh, I mean, there were, I think there were two closed off rooms. Like people, it was like, but it was like weird. It was weird to go in the private room. So we would be shopping with my mom and you just sit there with yeah. just like all of these women. It's so cool though. Changing just thinking so about openly. Different bodies. It actually was amazing and no self-consciousness really. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Because everyone's yeah. just trying on clothes and no one's worrying about other people. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And then I went to, in college, I went to CalArts, mm. which is like an arts conservatory. It's a very good school, I want to say. I got a great education. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> and during my time there, I don't know if this is still the policy, but during my time there, clothing was optional everywhere but the cafeteria. Wow. Sort of to, I do think it was to like reinforce just uh, like open creativity. Like they didn't want to hamper. It's it's a it's an art school. It's a proper art school where people are doing art installations in the main building of the school, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon, like any type of thing, painting, dance, like, uh, so I think it's more about fostering creativity and not holding people back and things like that. And it's not like people are going to class naked. Like, it really is not as naked as it sounds. It's like people are naked by the pool. I did say there was the naked guy who who went to every art exhibit just There's, in uh, tennis shoes and a necklace. There is the oh naked God, guy who did that. That's amazing. Yeah. I Shout just really love the sentence, it's not as naked as it sounds. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I feel like when I say that, people think that it was it was like right. its own They're just like colonies all over. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. that was kind of happening. But, you know, it was more like there just was that freedom. It wouldn't be uncomfortable common to be like walking to lunch and see a student on campus doing something where they're like painting their naked body in <laughs> chocolate or something like that. Um, so I love to streak. I found it really funny. Mm-hmm. I liked to push the boundaries. You know, I think even in the cafeteria being like, well, they only say shirt and shoes. What if I'm totally bottomless? <laughs> like the poo Yeah, exactly. I, like <laughs> I found it really funny. I would do it to make my friends laugh. Like I run and hang on trees naked. Like it was silly <laughs> and fun. And I loved it. And then I, I really took a journey. Sort of like Ali had this like mm. thing where when I started acting uh, working in in film and TV, I I got real shy about that stuff, and I think part of it was also I was I went through a real phase of like entering Hollywood and hating my body, um, sure. and also being really scared of like the internet. You know, there was oh like God. still like Twitter was so new, and all this stuff was new, and I remember thinking like it feels so unfair that you could shoot a naked scene and people wouldn't even have to watch the thing that you made, right? They can just now pull those Ugh, photos off sure. and post them anywhere online. Yeah. And I had this real fear about all of that stuff. And then it, was, it wasn't it was until I started shooting Glow, mm. and we did a lot of sort of, I mean, sexual and non-sexual nudity on the show. And I had so Which many seems conversations. seems like it must have been such a safe space too, right? So safe. Yeah. The whole thing was so empowering. I was working with all these amazing women and yeah. having so many conversations about like, why it's important to empower ourselves in those ways. And 
it kind of reconnected me with myself and how much I am a naked person and love it. Well, and I love that it comes up in the plot of the movie, too, and mm-hmm. that that's really what her dream is, is to make a documentary about this, what, yeah. nudist? It's nature. A, I guess we call it naturism. Naturism. Sort of what we were. Yeah. But, and then just like in a more kind of um, literal metaphor way, uh, it's like at the very beginning of the movie, she is very buttoned up. And by the sure. end, it's like, it's yeah. all off. Yeah. It's like, this is totally. her purest self. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really cool. And I, especially at the end, the idea of sort of like also undressing to put your in the shoes of the person you're talking to and really being able to relate to. Like, there's a yeah. nice symbolism of that, too, I think, that's really lovely. Yeah, yes. definitely, because the way that Allie goes about her job interviewing people, you know, at the start of the yeah, film seems sort of manipulative. Yes, it's and not by, at all empathetic. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. by the end, she's definitely more tuned into actual connection. Yeah, and totally. And we shot the, those final scenes at a, a real nudist retreat. Really? Um, oh, my God. And it's actually the, the oldest uh, nudist retreat... Uh, uh, west of the Mississippi. Serenity <sighs> Mountain Retreat. And That's amazing. Uh, we we actually scouted it during one of their biggest weeks, weekends of the year where it was this big festival. <laughs> and so there was, you know, hundreds of people walking around. Oh and God. almost immediately, you just feel at ease. Yeah. And it's like you, you yeah. it's really feel awesome. the spirituality yeah. of it all and just how accepting everyone is. Those and- people there are so happy yes. That's really and cool. content. Yeah. I found it so inspiring. Ugh. That's amazing. We had crew yeah. members uh, go back later that weekend just to hang out and oh. just be nude with everyone. Oh yeah. and just- <laughs> it love feels that. great. That's so sweet. Um, I was curious if y'all would call this movie a rom-com. This is a great question because we we go, we've taken this journey, I think, in what we call it. Even mm. as we were writing it, we're like, we're set out to write a rom-com. Mm. And by the end of the writing journey, when we, by the time we were pitching the movie, we were like, this is more of an adult coming-of-age yeah, story. Yeah. And when we tell friends about it, I always say, like, it's a rom-com with a heavy dose of drum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like a specific kind of calm where, mm. you know, it's not a it's not a ton of one-liners or it's no. not it's not super jokey. It's it's a lot of um, you know, character and and situational humor. Yeah. Um which uh I think kind of makes it so it's easier to kind of blend into the scenes that are more dramatic as opposed mm. to like really wacky scenes and, and then all then, of a sudden you're in a very serious scene. Yeah. It, it all kind of goes back and forth pretty seamlessly. A yeah. lot of our inspiration movies, you know, were these rom-coms that we love from the 80s and 90s, yeah. like When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Um, you watch Pretty Woman, it's it's serious. That's it's a very, very dramatic serious. movie. Yeah. Well, and even like I watched You've Got Mail recently and like I didn't realize how problematic that, you know, oh, sure. it's like <laughs> also watching those in sort of like a 2023 feminist lens, it's sort of like, oh shit, sure. like he manipulated the shit out oh, of her, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, well, that's the fun part about making this, I guess, is like to really pay homage to these movies that we love yeah. and, and really, we were really trying to tap into that nostalgic feeling. Yeah. But then update it with characters of today. The, these characters have probably probably watched all of those rom-coms but we want them to still feel like grounded people who are really set in this current time and are reacting to everything the way you know in a relatable way I guess yeah and I think on the page it's I I think people could be like oh I've seen this before I know where this Mm. is going but but we really tried (laughs) to kind of bring like originality in the execution where you know we we use what we know and love about the genre to then try to subvert it where we lead you down a certain path and then we pull the rug out from under you and hopefully every step of the way you're a little bit surprised yeah you there were a 
number of surprising turns with this one, and I was really happy with where it ended up. Okay. So, I'm glad. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for coming on. This was Thanks. such a pleasure. Oh, thank really you so much for it. having us. That's it for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening. Don't forget, we would love to hear your thoughts about our book club pick this month. It is How Far the Light Reaches by Sabrina Imbler. Send those in in the next two weeks before February 24th if you would like to be on the show. You can also keep in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Nerdat Podcast. And we have a pretty fun little Facebook group. You can join that if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash HQ. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman, and our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. We will see you next week. Sorry, I really took you on my full news. Oh my God, no. Please do not (laughs) apologize. How much time do you have? That was magnificent. (laughs) Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.